Welcome to the Light Bears Institute podcast, where we seek to improve biblical literacy by discussing key storylines and themes in scripture. Hey everyone, Kevin McCollum here with Light Bears Ministries, and uh, we're excited to uh, have you uh, listen in today. I have a great special guest and a dear friend of mine in the uh, studio with me today. His name is Sam Nike, a pastor in India, and Sam, just welcome. We're so excited that you're here. Thank you very much, brother. It has been a pleasure for me to being in Faithful Arkansas, especially with you and with Light Bears Ministries International. It has been an awesome, great blessing in our lives, ministries, and for the country of India. So Sam, it's great, great to have you. Uh, we you. were reflecting earlier. Uh, it's been 20 years yes, since you and I been, yeah. met. You, you were in uh, a theological HBI. training yes. yeah, in Southern India. Yeah. And Chennai. I was there to help just teach Holy some pastors. pastors. Yes. And uh, you, were, you were a translator. I remember. was the translator. That was a big thing. I never could uh, forget uh, that uh, events with uh, Brother Clark Classy and uh, Brother Kevin and the team, John Moller and uh, the team from Faithful Arkansas. That was the first meeting point for coming here in Faithful Arkansas. It was uh, 1999. Let's talk about what got you. Let's go before, I guess, theological training, sort of how, how you got there. But um, you grew up in a really rural and yes. a very poor area, is yeah. that right, yeah. in India? Talk about, talk about the village you grew yeah. up in a little bit. Uh-huh. Talk about uh, maybe what life was like there yes. um, growing up as a kid. Yeah, I grew up in a village called Mountain. It's called Suvarnagiri or the Golden Mountain, actually, if we translate. I grew up in a village, no road, no communication, no electricity, nothing. Even now also, no electricity. No cell phone, no telephone, landlines or nothing. The roads are very minimal. We have to walk and uh, we used to live mostly with the forest product and we used to do the crops and we used to make the uh, hut on the tree and watch the animals. That is what I grew up. And my father taught us to do the farming, agriculture, and my father was a carpenter. And when I went to the school, I also did the carpentering that time. and. Uh, when I was uh, in the college, for my fee or for my need, I used to work as a carpenter, get the money, and to go to the college and pay fee. However, I was a very witnessing student in the college. All the lecturers, students, everyone knew I'm like an evangelist during that time event. As an evangelist, obviously, at some point, as a boy, you became a Christian. Yes. But you grew up in an area, even to this day, that is a majority non-Christian. And in your time, only one family professed Christ, and it yeah. was your family, right? Yeah, my, so, my mother's family. That was a long time ago, but now we have been grown a lot. How did your uh, mother's family come to know Christ? Uh, through the London Baptist Missionaries, or BMS, uh, Baptist Missionary Society London. They came to Katak, Odisha, then to Berhampur, Bhanjanagar, and Kandamal. And when I read and my father uh, used to tell me about William Carey because he learned from the British missionaries the life of William Carey when I was even a small boy, my father used to teach, uh, teach me. Then that really gave me some kind of a challenge, motivation that if, if the missionaries from London coming and those days in 1900s, there was no electricity, no roads, many things, and many, many young missionaries did die. 
they brought the gospel that gave me a big challenge if the missionaries from london would come and share the gospel and bring the light why not i can be the light to these people and that also motivated me wow that's powerful we don't know the impact of our life. I think yeah, about yeah, my yeah. family also. We love yeah. William Carey, and we've yes. read his biography and yeah. certainly motivated by yeah. his life and humbled by Even it. I went and see the uh, symmetries of the young, young, young uh, missionaries came from UK, and they died with the, the black fever, which is very much in the black fever. In Kandamal, there were no roads, no electricity, nothing. I just imagine 120 years ago what was Kandamal. So that motivation that you uh, that you had uh, one coming to faith in Christ, um, you had you know your family was really the um, the kind of the pioneering family for the gospel. Yeah, m- because the of people. my grandfather, my mother's father, my two uncles, they were the preachers, pastors with the missionaries and. Because there was no road, so they used to come by the horseback. They used to uh, use the horse as communication of the gospel to the mountains. Mm. And then on your mother's side, excuse me, on your father's yeah. side, yeah. your your grandmother was actually the, the witch doctor yes. of the village. So she yeah. wasn't very excited yeah. about your new faith. Yeah, my grandmother was a witch doctor. Uh, my grandfather, my father's father has died long time ago. We grew up in a very, very poor family. And I still remember when I was a small child, my grandmother will go for any kind of sacrifice and she bring the chicken or the rice. That was the best meal I could imagine we had. We were so poor. Mm. So the, she would get the food because people would bring her the sacrifice. Yeah. So we did not know because we are children. We are hungry. We are hungry and uh, sometimes my mother would go and bring some green leaves and she will put in the rice and she will boil just like a like a soup you say that is the how we grew up but my father always says always says that even though we'll starve even though we do anything you must sow the seed of the gospel amen so you ended up in south india you were in chennai uh getting a master's degree um, and that's when we met, we kind of get now to that point. Yeah. What led you to go to um, get theological training? And what, what, maybe what were you hoping to do after that? Yeah, I was in college. I was with the Union Evangelical Students of India. I was the leader for the Evangelical Union. The day I graduated, I became the coordinator for the Odisha Graduate Fellowship and reached to the college students. After the college student, I went for the uh, Bachelor of Divinity, Union Biblical Seminary, Pune. After completing my BD, Bachelor of Divinity study, I went for Masters of Theology in Serampur College, which was a little liberal, which uh, made me to come to Hindustan Bible Institute, Chennai, where I met you, which be, be a blessing now and forevermore. I never could forget the meeting at HVI that God made it. Me neither. I mean, I have yeah. amazing memories as well. And yeah. and it was great because, you know, I, I joked because I would speak in English, obviously. Yeah. Um, and you, as you were translating, your translation was longer, you know what I mean, yeah. because of language. And I, I would joke with the other team that Sam's making me sound really smart and, and like I yeah. know my Bible. And so uh, you've been bailing me out ever since. Yeah. <laughs> because I had to translate both in Odia. Odia is our state language and we have the 
tribal dialect called Kui and Kubi is very similar. So I had to interpret even in the local dialect. So which takes long time and say uh, it takes long time. Well, no doubt you were the one preaching and I was just, uh, you know, uh, reading the text. Communicating. (laughs) (laughs) So then you ended up back into uh, your home area. Yes. Uh, after your um, theological training. And then, um, I honestly, I can't even remember how we reconnected after that. And we had stayed in a little bit of touch. Yes. Yeah. But so you went back and began mm. to plant churches yeah. and do preaching. And, and you're actually still doing yes. doing that now. Yeah. So maybe quickly yeah. kind of go okay. over, yeah. quickly go over your, yeah. um, the, after theological yeah. training. We had like. uh, some email exchange, but uh, after uh, five years of GAF, I came to, USA in the year 2005, I was in Florida with a track phone and I called to Brother Clark Classy and he picked up and uh, I came to Faithful Arkansas, met Brother Kevin, stayed in his house and keep coming. Uh, I enjoyed being in their family with the children. I really liked and the children also liked me. That's what I came. And by that time, Brother Kevin was working with uh, light bearers. He was working. I used to say like torch bearer, but after light bearers, we had multiple projects in Odisha, which was another was a biggest, biggest blessing for the people of Kandamal. After the persecution, we had the flatbed truck, even now we have. And by that truck, we were able to give 300 tons of rice to the persecuted people in Kandamal and uh, Raigada and Gajapati, three counties we covered with that truck. And we were able to build many houses, many churches with that truck. We had the team from Mizoram and many other people came. And that was the biggest blessing we received from Lightbearers International. I remember the truck project because yeah. normally we don't do vehicles. And I remember the proposal, and yeah. of course my heart is yeah. to help. Yeah. And, and our team, uh, volunteers and staff and board were excited. And love you and your ministry and trusted you. And, uh, and the proposal you made was really a sustainable proposal, yes, which, which yeah. really fit us well. So yeah. if we could give you know, a portion of the mm-hmm. truck money, mm-hmm. um, then the, being able to utilize the truck mm-hmm. through some government things would pay for it long term. And yeah. it's proven to be true. Yeah. And as you said, it's uh, been used many, many times yeah. for gospel work. And, yeah, we uh, use the truck for bringing the people and sending the sand and cement and sheets and metals. What not we have done with the truck? I can't uh, forget the truck as a big blessing. So let's talk about why the churches needed to be rebuilt. Um, and uh, specific memory, Sam, yes. I was in my home in Arkansas and I remember getting a phone call from yes, you yeah, uh, yeah. and it would have been uh, almost the middle of the night yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I answered the, the phone mountain. and yeah. you were hiding in mm, the mountains mm, mm. out in the village with uh, young children surrounding yeah, you. Yeah. And, and you were telling me mm. what was going on. So why don't you let everyone uh, know? 2007, there was a persecution began and uh, my brother-in-law was a police officer. That night we are having the dinner. But 2008, there was a severe persecution. We even hide in the mountain and uh, 50,000 houses were burned. 5,000 churches were burned. 200 people were killed and people were in the refugee camps under the sky. 
that really made me to cry with tears and what should i do during that time i had 18000 square feet tent but i gave away to the people then we got many requests from the believers and also from the agencies to distribute the rice and the sheets and cement and sand uh, for the construction so which we requested for the truck and still we own the truck and now we are hoping we should have the tent so that we can have more church planting because we are having reaching thousands of people through tent ministry through revival through gospel meeting healings miracles we have been still using the truck so the enemies of the gospel destroyed churches yes. killed christians yeah. pastors and property destroyed homes and their goal was obviously mm-hmm. to stop the church yeah. to to eradicate mm-hmm. anything that was christian but that's not what happened what's what's the state of the church today uh, after the after persecution? the persecution the houses was built we built the major or the biggest relief we did but others also did many other christian agencies did and government also helped a portion of that now the houses some of the people who had like the believers like a one room or two rooms and eventually they got three rooms like someone who had like a 10 feet by 15 feet of house now they have maybe 20 feet by 50 feet so now the christians because of the rebuilding of the house rehabilitation the hindus are jealous and the christians are growing uh, last year there was a healing meeting by paul dinakaran where 272000 people gathered and now hindus are scared of kandamal christian so churches are growing churches are growing you've um, been involved in planting several churches i have been involved in planting the churches right now we have 62 churches our goal is within 10 years of time to plant 500 churches not only in kandamal not in odisha but mostly in the north india It's exciting, Sam. Yes, thank you. One one of the things that's always impressed me is that you're very humble. Yeah. You you have a, a amazing integrity and um you're with the people constantly. Yeah, I'm well always known. with the people and people are also with me even when I'm at home or somewhere when I return home, are you at home? Can we come and visit you? Even the church members they used to bring the rice because you are like a father to us. You are feeding spiritually us. That's excellent. Yeah. One quick story yes. that relates out of the persecution. I remember so in 2007, 2008, terrible hard times. Yeah. Uh, our team, a couple of us were able to come yes. in the midst of the persecution. Uh, I remember preaching yeah. at a church that was really not a building. It was some tarps, you know, over the top mm-hmm. um of some poles and the um special forces from Delhi, yes. the military were sent yeah. to surround yeah. mm-hmm. the meeting so mm-hmm. that we didn't have any issues. It was just yeah. a powerful yeah. time to preach the gospel mm-hmm. and these uh, elite soldiers surrounding hearing the gospel yeah. in the village uh surrounding yes. and also especially the mm-hmm. believers just grateful to hear the word yeah. word taught so fast forward you know down the road so here's this kind of culture mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. god has protected us mm-hmm. he's reestablishing mm-hmm. us and then there was this um mysterious mm-hmm. uh, herd of elephants mm-hmm. yeah. that has yeah. showed yeah. up okay. within yeah. the next yeah. year yeah. talk talk about yeah. that yeah uh even during the persecution we were in fear but the government uh, was very good with me i had a reputation with the government even with the non christian and afterwards when uh, brother kevin and team came we we had the meetings surrounded by the army very safe we were very safe then 
soon after that the Christ, uh, uh, elephants went and to destroyed mostly the hindu houses and many articles come as a christian elephants where the elephants come and no one knows but systematically destroyed only the hindu houses not even any one christian house that's a something as a mystery or god sent the elephants we do not know uh, but it happened and uh, the media knows the newspaper every coverage national international those news came the christian elephants destroyed the hindu houses who destroyed the christian houses in the county of kandamal that's a history it's like in the bible like daniel i remember there was a, a story of a, a hindu priest that the village kind of gathered and said what do we do about these elephants and he said well this is the christian god is um is yeah. showing his might yeah. to yeah. you for yeah. for persecuting his church yeah. yeah many many the hindus went and to ask to the uh, hindu priest or hindu witch doctor in fact why they are coming where they are coming from so they have some kind of a like a inquiry through their medium or whatever they said because you killed the innocent christian and you destroyed burned the uh, christian houses therefore the elephants have come we we cannot do anything so you have to repent So we talked about in the persecution you used to have a tent yes, that you use yeah. frequently yeah. but you gave it away and you had to give yes. it away because people were gathered in migrant camps and they needed to get the rain off of their head and mm-hmm. and protection for the sun so you don't have a tent but you need one for the meeting so talk about the tent why do why would you need a tent and what does a tent cost uh we need the tent because we conduct a lot of revival meetings gospel meeting and seminar every year maybe two to three meetings we have uh, our own and other christians also they have the meetings so we can rent them so we can get some revenue the total cost of the tent will cost 10000 because earlier the tent which we had we gave away during the persecution yeah and, and a $10000 tent we're not talking about what a family might camp in you know on the side of the river this is several thousand people would gather underneath this tent so $10,000 tent but you have a different ministry that is committing to half of that already right yes. so really what you need would be $5,000 yes. to yeah. finish the purchase of the tent yeah. that your ministry would use and that we would you would let others uh others, use yeah. in the area and potentially even rent out to to help offset some some cost yes we can use for us and we can rent for others too and any of the pastors missionaries are coming it will reduce the budget of the meeting It's great. So it's very uh helpful. Guess, very helpful to a lot yeah, of different organizations. Yeah. So I think it's great. So it's not going to sit in a closet and not yeah, get used, yeah. you know. It's a tent like a tabernacle to spread the gospel uh through the tent meetings. Yeah. Um well great. Well so if uh if anyone wants to help through Light Bears, we certainly would uh, love to help support as much of that tent as we we can. Um the second half of the purchase of that mm-hmm. and I know talking to you, you're hoping to have that tent by the end of the year yes and, and so we'll um we'll pray toward that end as yes, well and uh, we're yeah. grateful that as people are paying rent you yeah. know puts light bears in a position yeah. to be a part yeah. of needs like this as well so thanks for your time Sam Thank you. so Thank great you. to see you brother you. always is uh, Joy. our family loves you yeah. dearly yeah. when's pastor Sam coming is pastor yes. Sam here yeah. you know you came yeah. uh this this week and and I remember one of my boys almost yeah. tackling you in yes. the hall cuz he couldn't I believe I love the boys yeah they're he good you're here. good I'm proud of them thank Great. you
Well, thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. You've been listening to the Light Bears Institute podcast, a production of Light Bears Ministries. For more information, visit lightbears.com. Thank you.